يخافون يوما تتقلب فيه القلوب والأبصار فقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم التاجر الصدوق الأمين مع النبيين والصديقين والشهداء أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم موسوسة بحرمة إكرام ربزن اللز Allah Ta'ala has created insan and Allah Ta'ala himself says that وَخُلِقَ الْإِنسَانُ دَعِيفًا An insan has been created very weak He is so weak that he eats in the morning by the time half the day has passed he is already hungry If he hasn't had anything to eat in the afternoon by the evening he is starving Allah forbid he didn't get anything to eat by the evening, the next morning he can't even walk properly. If he hasn't had water to drink for a considerable part of the day, especially a hot summer's day, he's parched, he hasn't had anything to drink, he's so thirsty that he now cannot function. A little bit of pain, some difficulty and he cannot function. He needs a shelter to have over his head to take care of himself from all the elements, in every sense he is very weak. And in order to help him to overcome this, Allah Ta'ala made it such that Allah Ta'ala provided him the means to earn a living for himself, to take care for his needs. So the one side his weakness has been made apparent to him, that how weak he is. And insan doesn't have any basis to be proud about anything. Because this is how weak he is. But in any case, together with that, Allah Ta'ala provided him the means to take care of the needs that he has now. He has to eat, daily he has to eat, so Allah Ta'ala provided the means for earning something to eat. He needs the shelter over himself, he needs the shelter to live. Allah Ta'ala provided him the means to earn something, so that he can provide a shelter for him. So this earning is part of his day-to-day activity for taking care of his needs. But insan is such that sometimes his needs become his objectives. But a mu'min, a mu'min doesn't lose sight of what is need and what is objective. A mu'min has objectives which are very clear in front of him and his objectives are clear in every aspect of life. His entire life itself, he knows where he's heading, that this world is a very very small and very temporary place, his destination is the akhirat. He is in a transit lounge, he is headed for the hereafter. On the one hand, this is his objective of life itself, that he must reach Allah Ta'ala. But then everything he does in this life also has an objective. So likewise, this earning, Allah Ta'ala has given him specific objectives of why he earns. Why does he conduct business? 
Why does he engage in a profession, in a job, in an occupation? There are clear directives and there is a very clear objective for why he does all this. Unlike others who are without Imam, the Yahud, the Nasara, the other communities, they also do the same things. They also conduct business, they have an occupation, they have a profession, they have some job. But very often that is the purpose in itself. For them, that becomes the objective in itself. Like some people eat to live, unfortunately some people live to eat. So those without Iman, this becomes their be all and end all of life. That they live for business. They live for their occupations and professions and jobs. But a mu'min is somebody very different. So the first thing about a mu'min is his objective and his mindset. So this mu'min also will earn a living. But what is his objective? What is his mindset? Why does he do this? So in one hadith, Nabi Wasallam gives us this very very openly and clearly. Nabi Wasallam describes the mu'min saying that man talabat dunya halalan why does a mu'min earn? so first Nabi Wasallam is giving a picture of a person but that person, that mu'min who earns the dunya in a halal manner this is the first thing, this is a highlight and this is actually stating a fact that a mu'min will only earn halal a mu'min won't touch haram he won't even entertain the thought of haram if shaitan tempts him in some way he will totally push that out of his mind. So, man talab dunya halalan. The person who earns the dunya in a halal manner. Why will he earn? The Nabi Islam says, isti'afafan anil mas'ala. The first aspect is, that why is he earning? That he wants to save himself from begging from anybody else. Because that's a major deficiency in a person that he has to now beg from somebody so he doesn't want to come down to the point of begging from anyone so this is his objective that he wants to earn so that he doesn't have to stretch his hands out then together with that was ala ahlihi to take care of his family that this too is a responsibility Allah Ta'ala has placed upon him that he will have to take care of his family and Allah Ta'ala didn't make it compulsory to only provide just the bare necessities. Allah Ta'ala made it permissible that if he can afford it in a halal way, he's earning it to provide some comfort, some luxury, no problem. Provided it's well within the limits and boundaries of Sharia. He's earned it in a halal way, he spent it in a halal avenue for the sake of the comfort of his family, no problem. So he's earning, number one, to save himself from begging. Number two, to take care of his family. And then number three, to be compassionate to his neighbor as well. In other words, he eats and he feeds also. He lives and he lets live. <laughs> he is concerned about himself and his family, so he is concerned about others also. And the neighbor, Hassan Basri, Rahmatullah says, the neighbor is up to 40 doors away in every direction so this is the immediate level and then from there according to his capacity obviously according to his capacity he will be concerned about whatever he can do for the 
mu'min and for the human being that in the furthest corner of the world also. According to his capacity. So a person who earns with these objectives, Nabi Islam says that these are such noble objectives that laqi Allah ta'ala wa wajhuhu kal qamari laylatal badr. And if he is conducted himself in this manner with these objectives, then he will meet Allah on the day of Qiyamah and his face will be shining like the 14th moon, like the full moon. Now the people that were addressed initially with all these fadail and virtues, you should bear in mind with the Sahaba Ikram. And the Sahaba Ikram with those personalities, that you didn't have to tell them that, look, this doesn't mean that you have to also perform your salah. You also have to stay away from haram. You also have to fulfill the other injunctions of deen. That was something that was part of their system. It went without, it was not conceivable in the era of the Sahaba Ikram that a person will miss his salah for anything else. It was not imaginable. So these things didn't have to be repeated because it was well understood that to get these virtues and get these great rewards and these great on, this great honor on the day of Qiyamah goes without saying that such a person will be fulfilling all his injunctions of deen performing his five times salah fulfilling his zakat, discharging his zakat, etc. everything else staying away from haram but together with that he conducted his business with these noble objectives and he will meet Allah Ta'ala in this manner on the day of Qiyamah that his face will shine like the 14th moon then on the other side just for the understanding of it, Nabi Islam gives the other side of the picture as well. That woman talabat dunya halalan. That somebody earns the dunya halalan in a halal way. A mu'min doesn't touch haram. But unfortunately, this person earning halal lost the plot. He's earning halal, but his objectives got mixed up. His purpose got diverted. What happened? What was his purpose now? Man talabat dunya halalan mukathiran muraiyan. He's earning in order to increase and amass. Just to see the numbers grow. That has become the purpose itself. A person is earning in order to take care of his family, in order to take care of others' needs. Allah Ta'ala has decreed that he will earn more than everybody else. He'll get it. His objective was purely what was described in the first part of the Hadith Sharif. But he's earning 50 times more than somebody else, 100 times more than somebody else, it'll come, whatever is decreed for him. But if that became his objective, that is what's driving him. That's what's motivating him. That man talabat dunya halalan mukasiran. In order to just see the portfolio grow. And muraiyan just to create a certain social standing to be able to have certain things that become status symbols then Nabi Islam says Laqi Allah wa huwa alihi ghadban he will meet Allah Ta'ala in such a condition that Allah Ta'ala is displeased with him and if Allah Ta'ala is displeased with the person of Qiyamah who can then say him so the first thing about a mu'min is that his objectives are very very clear that his objective is not dunya in itself his objectives are beyond just the material things. Then, the crucial part that was in this hadith was, Man talabat dunya halalan. 
Now he is earning for these noble objectives, but the first thing that he will now be concerned about is that whatever he touches must only be halal. He must not touch anything haram. Because if he's going to go for haram, maybe the numbers will increase, but it will destroy all the benefit of it. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Sallallahu says that the buyer and seller, there are certain rules by which they will operate. فَإِنْ صَدَقَا وَبَيَّنَا بُورِكَ لَهُمَا فِي بَيْعِهِمَا If both are honest, they disclose whatever their defects might be, everything is clear, there is no deception. So what will be the end result? They will get barkat in their transaction. There will be barkat in their transaction. What is barkat all about? Inshallah, we will discuss this now. But that transaction will bring benefit to them. But Nabi Salaam says, supposing they don't do it this way, فَإِنْ كَذَبَا وَكَتَمَا There's some lying involved, there's some deception, there's some cover-up, there's some hiding of the defects and the faults. Then Nabi Salaam says, that muhiqat barakatu bay'ihima the barakat of their transaction will be destroyed and further in one hadith Nabi says fa'asa ayyarbaha ribhan it's possible they might earn a lot of profit they might earn a lot of profit but they would have destroyed the barakat of their profit and what is the end result of the barakat being destroyed that if the numbers are big but without barakat then it will bring bigger problems. And if the quantity is small, but it has come with burger, then that small quantity will also get a person's work done. It will become a means of peace, happiness, and contentment. So this is the concern of a mu'min that he only touches what is halal. In order to ensure that it is halal, he will be concerned about asking about it. What are the masail that pertain to it? I'm doing this transaction, is it correct? Many a times a person is doing a transaction and then he in passing mentions it that I did a very good deal, I invested and I'm going to get 10% returns. 10% of what? He says, well I invested 100,000, I'll be getting 10% of 100,000. So, what kind of transaction is this? Where did you see anybody investing in a business and he's confirmed his profits? Business is business. Sometimes the profits are 10%, sometimes 20%, sometimes 100%, sometimes zero. So what did you invest in? So that is a purely interest transaction, it's completely riba. The person, somebody told him profit, somebody told him the word invest, and he got taken up for that, and he's now happy, he's done an excellent deal. What have you bought? How many percent of that business have you bought? You bought 1%, 5%? So I didn't buy anything. If you didn't buy anything, what did you invest? You've merely lent money, and you are going to be receiving interest, and the names have been changed. And this is what Nabi Salaam warned about. That before Qiyamah, the names will be changed and haram will be consumed. Haram will be given different labels and after the labels have been swapped, everything will become fine. Bribery will be called just a gift. It will be called a sea rights. And now a person thinks he's sailing smoothly now because he's got sea rights. But whereas it's now nothing but that bribery, it's nothing but corruption, it is nothing but riba and interest. So a mu'min doesn't want to be anywhere near that. Because that's going to destroy all his barakat and destroy everything, in good, every, good, every good in it. So 
So he's concerned that he is now doing it in the correct way. Then in order to maintain that it is halal, he will be upkeeping the laws of deen. That there will be no deception involved as we just discussed. That he's not trampling the rights of anybody. Matalul ghani ye zulmun. Nabi Islam says that the person who has the ability to pay his creditor, but he's not paying him. The time has come and he has excess funds above his basic needs. What will fill his stomach for the day? What will take care of his basic needs? He has excess and he's dragging it. Then this is zulm, this is oppression. And a zulmu zulumatun yawm al qiyamah. And oppression brings darknesses, difficulties on the day of Qiyamah. So he's not trampling anybody's rights. He's not trampling anybody's rights in how he earns it, how he deals with his employees, how he deals with his, the people he interacts with, whether it is his suppliers, whether it is his customers. He's fair and just. He, for the sake of some coppers, he doesn't spoil his tongue. That now he's using all kinds of flowery language because there was some loss of a few rands. So now his Imam is being given a terrible, he's damaging his Imam in a terrible way just so that now he can vent his anger for something. No, a mu'min is beyond all this. So the second, this very important aspect is that he is concerned that he is only touching that which is halal. And for that he will be concerned about the Masail making sure that he is not trampling anybody's rights in any way, making sure that he is conducting himself in a way that he is correct. Then as we mentioned earlier, that he will be concerned more about barkat rather than kathrat. Kathrat in Arabic means abundance, the big numbers. More than the number he will be concerned about barkat, that there must be blessings in here. If there is blessings, there is barkat, then the barakat even in a small quantity will go far away. He'll take care of all his needs. There'll be still something left over for others also. And if it's devoid of barakat, then there might be a big quantity, but it'll just bring more problems. And if it is a big quantity with barakat, nurun ala nur, it'll help him to make dunya and akhirat also. So in any case, this aspect of barakat is what is to be aspired for. And where does the barakat come from all these things? from that honesty, from that amanat and trustworthiness. Nabi Wasallam on this basis of this trustworthiness, this honesty, Nabi Wasallam says, Amin. That that trader, that businessman who is honest and who is trustworthy. Now, this honesty and trustworthiness brings such barakat, such barakat, that let alone the barakat that it will manifest in dunya, its barakat continues till the day of Qiyamah also. That Ma'an Nabiyyin wa Siddiqeen wa Shuhada will be raised on the day of Qiyamah with the Anbiya alayhi salatu Can be imagined, but keeping in mind again what we discussed earlier, that we're talking about those rewards that were first addressed to the Sahaba Ikram. They knew full well that this doesn't mean that only do business correctly, but don't worry about your salah. So the barakat goes so far, it will take the barakat all the way to the day of Qiyamah that the person will be raised with the Anbiya alayhi salatu with the Siddiqeen, the highest rank of the awliya and the martyrs, those people who laid down their lives for Allah Ta'ala, he'll be raised with them on the day of Qiyamah. Such barakat. And the barakat won't only be confined to the akhirat. 
Now the barakat will come from this. From fulfilling all the laws of deen. From being conscious of Allah Ta'ala. From touching only halal. From fulfilling the rights of people that we deal with. From being kind and compassionate. In order to understand this barakat in one hadith, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is explaining to the sahaba kiram what is this barakat all about. So he explains an incident of the people of the past before Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's time. And there was one person, they were four brothers. Their father became very old, very sick. So the one brother said to the other three, that let's make some deal here, some arrangement. Either you take care of our father, and I will then, if he, when he passes away, I will keep the entire estate for myself. Can you imagine now what he's asking? You take care of him, and I will do nothing now, but I'll take the whole estate. Otherwise, we turn it around. Let me make all the khidmat. I will take care of him. I will attend to him. I will nurse him. I'll do whatever is required for him. When he passes away, you keep the estate. All for you. So they said, very good. Where will we get such a deal like this? We don't have to do anything now and we get extra later. So they all agreed. So he started dedicating himself to the khidmat of his elderly and sickly father. And now he is all the time engaged in that. So he cannot even now have time to earn properly. Time went on. Eventually the father passed away. So keeping up to his agreement, he gave everything away to his brothers. Kept nothing for himself. So that was his deal. So now he's left penniless. Yes, all the time while he was busy with the father's khidmat, they were having fun at that time too. They were enjoying life. They were moving around all over the place. He was confined to his father's khidmat. Now they're enjoying the money. He is penniless. And times became really difficult for him. And in this difficulty, one day he sees a dream at night. And in the dream he's told, that there are hundred dinars, hundred gold coins. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam explained to the Sahaba. hundred gold coins, this is for you. It's kept in a certain place, you can go and take it. So he inquires that is there barakat in it? That's the first question. He wants to know is there barakat in it? Now he's down and out. He's penniless. And he's being told there's hundred gold, gold coins, like hundred Krugerrands. And his first question is there barakat? The answer is no, there's no barakat. I don't want it. He wakes up in the morning, he remembers his dream, he says it to his wife, this is what I dreamt. He says to him, something wrong with you, go and fetch it. What barakat are you talking about? We'll have some decent food to eat. We'll have some decent clothing to wear. He says, no, no barakat, they don't want it. The next night he sees a dream again. He says, there's ten dinars, ten gold coins. You want it, take it, it's yours. Again the same question, is there barakat? He says, no, no barakat in it. He says, no barakat, they don't want it. The same conversation the next day with his wife. He says, no, I don't want it. The third night he sees a dream again. This time he's told there's one dinar left now. If you want it, it's yours, take it. Same question, is there barakat? He says, yes, there's barakat in it. He says, very well. He wakes up the next day, he goes to exactly where the point was explained to him in the dream and he finds it exactly there. Which was meant for him, Allah Ta'ala provided this unseen sustenance for him. So he brings his dinar from there, as he's coming, somebody is selling two fish. How much are these two fish? He says, one dinar. Okay, give me the two fish. In, this, in the riwayat of Musannaf Abdul Razak is this entire hadith sharif. He comes with these two fish home, splits it to clean it. There's a priceless pearl in each, each fish. 
So let the incident time is already expiring just to get to the crux of it. Eventually these two pearls were sold to the king of the time. And the total value in time that was paid, first he bought one, then he bought another one. In total he bought it for 90 mule loads of gold. 90 mule loads of gold came out of one dinar. Now who put it in the heart of the king of the time that I want to buy this? Allah Ta'ala put it. Who put it in the heart of the person to sell the to come around at that time to sell the fish at that spot? Allah Ta'ala put it. Who put the pearls in those two fish that this person will buy? Allah Ta'ala put it. So Allah Ta'ala is a provider. And he wanted barakat. He didn't want to, he didn't want to go for kasrat only. He didn't just want the numbers. He wanted it barakat. This barakat came. Sometimes a barakat will come in such a dramatic way. And sometimes it might not come in such a dramatic way. The quantity might remain small. But it will bring contentment. It will bring happiness. It will bring peace. It will bring muhabbat and love and unity. It will bring all the good things that a person is aspiring out of that wealth. And otherwise without it, everything is lost. Allah wa ta'ala gives us the same lesson in the Quran. Shari. You can finish off with this ayat. Well, Allah Ta'ala says, Rijalun. La tulhihim tijaratu wa la bay'un an zikrillah. Allah Ta'ala speaks about people who are men. Who are these people? La tulhihim tijaratu wa la bay'un an zikrillah. That they are not made neglectful. That their businesses, their occupations, their professions does not make them neglectful of the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. The remembrance of Allah Ta'ala is a very wide concept which means the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. And the verbal remembrance and their salah. Allah Ta'ala says, and zikrillah wa iqamis salah. That this does not make them neglectful of their salah. Their businesses does not dictate when they'll perform salah. That today I'll perform it on time with jamaat. Tomorrow is a busy day, I'll miss my jamaat. And the third day Allah forbid will get qaza. No, no, that's not the way. That they make salah dictate when business will open and close. Wa iqamis salah wa iqamis zakah. Their business doesn't come in the way of their discarding of zakah. Why? What is the reason they conduct themselves in this way? They are afraid of that day when hearts and eyes will, eyeballs will overturn the day of Qiyamah when a person has to account for his deeds. So this is a mu'min. Everything about him he is concerned about Allah Ta'ala. His business also is Dawud. The biggest populations of Muslims are in Indonesia and various countries it came via the Islam came via the Muslim businessman. So together with earning a living, his business is Dawat also. That he invites people by how he conducts himself towards Islam. They want to know where he learned this beautiful way of dealing, and they are told, oh, this is what his deen teaches him. As a result, they get attracted to deen. So this is what a mu'min is concerned about. That he's everything, there's a objective, the objective is the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. The objective is the akhirat. And he's concerned about this barakat. He's concerned about making everything about him dawah. And this dawah is what will give him life, give life to the ummah at large. This will come when we strengthen our iman, that we'll conduct every aspect of life in the way that we earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. For that, mashallah, all the work of deen takes place. The ishtimahs that take place for the same purpose also. The ishtimah that's to take place, inshallah, 19, 20, 21 of this month in Lady Smith, for the same purpose. That everything about us becomes deen. Our business becomes deen. Our social life becomes deen. Our personal life, we are all the time concerned, Allah Ta'ala will become happy with me. How I deal with my family, how I deal with my children, how I deal with my neighbors, how I deal with everybody in society. Everything must become deen. For this, inshallah, we should prepare ourselves and 
present ourselves today with this objective. Billah tabarak wa ta'ala, give us all the tawfiq. Wa akhirat da'wana alhamdulillah.